Hi, I'm Corin. And I'm Tamir. We're brothers who were raised in Israel by American parents. I recently moved to Canada. And I still live in Jerusalem. We decided to make a podcast to help us stay in touch. And hopefully get even closer. This is Long Distance Brotherhood. Guess what? We got theme music. How awesome is that? Not only did we get theme music, my friend, but I am speaking into a normal microphone. Woo! Yes, I can, like, laugh now in the microphone, and you won't hear, like, (laughs) horrible breathing sound. This is a momentous moment. I had a very eventful week. For example, uh, I have not left the house since 2 p.m. yesterday, and it is currently 8.30 p.m. when we're recording this. Oh, wow. That sounds like my entire week. Yeah. First of all, I want to say that my girlfriend loves the podcast, which is great news because as a completely objective party, it indicates that we're very entertaining. I have some pretty big news, actually. I got my permanent residence. Uh, oh, awesome. You may have heard about, but in the, on our last podcast, I, I did not have it. Oh, I do. Uh, and this is a really big deal because now it means I, I'm basically a citizen in Canada. Like I'm not actually a citizen, but I can do just about everything except vote and hold government positions which I'm not really interested in. I mean, I would like to vote, but... Uh, so it means I can work, and I can study, and I can do all these things. So I started looking for a job. And I have discovered that looking for a job sucks. <laughs> and I'm really bad at it. But I've only been at it for like a week and a half, so... I, uh, I'm, I'm hopefully doing a lot more things right this time around in this episode, because last podcast, uh, I had the computer and the microphone on my bed... So every time I moved, like you could hear it in the microphone, and then I had headphones on that the microphone was picking up, and it was just it was just a mess. I made so many like rookie mistakes. Yeah, but you know what? I think because you're doing it with me, and I sounded so bad, so I think you sounded pretty <laughs> good in comparison with all your mistakes and everything. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, another big piece of news, Tamir, is that I, for the first time in my life, I own one, more than one pair of shoes. Oh my god. I know. That's amazing. How did this come to be? (laughs) So as you know, I don't wear leather. So finding shoes is always a little bit difficult because everything has leather in it. Um, So I went to buy shoes and I uh, ended up settling on All-Stars. So I bought a pair of like low top All-Stars and I really like them and they're cool. They look nice. They're comfortable. They meet all my criteria for shoes. They're cheaper than other shoes. And then I went home to our parents for the weekend and our dad said, oh, hey, I see you're wearing All-Stars. I have this pair of All-Stars high tops that I got <laughs> that I don't want if you want them. And so now I have two pairs of All-Stars. That's sweet. Yeah. Do you, do you actually wear both of them? I'm, I'm, switching, I'm switching between them, yeah. My problem is that the high tops are basically the same color as my jeans, so it looks a little bit silly. Please tell me you have more than one color of jeans. Yeah, no, I mean the jeans that I've been wearing. Uh, okay. <laughs> I would hope that you don't wear a single pair of jeans for too long. Not too long. Although I've, I've been known to go up to two weeks with a pair of jeans, so I guess I'm not one to talk. <laughs> uh, I actually got... I'm, I'm, the shoes I've been wearing, I don't think I, I showed you a picture of them or anything, but uh, there's these really neat shoes, but I don't wear leather either. You know that. And I also wanted something that would look somewhat respectable in case I have to you know, go get a job or some nonsense like that. And also, I needed something that was kind of waterproof because it's very rainy here in Vancouver. Now, this is a long list of demands for shoes, and it was hard for me to find something. But I did end up finding these interesting looking shoes uh, that I'm very happy with. Well, you can describe them. What's, what's so interesting about them? Uh, well, I don't, the laces sort of go down really far, like up 
so almost the toe, so it looks kind of funny like that. But other than that, they're like black and sort of almost respectable. So um, I've been just wearing them for everything, basically. Oh my god, when I went to the shoe store, the sales guy was making fun of me because all the shoes that I were looking at were like the more uh, muted color <laughs> shoes. You know, he was offering me like things that were like bright orange and whatever. And he's like, oh, okay, you're boring. I get it. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, my, my wife had this happen to her the other way around when she was buying shoes. She saw that the shoes she wanted existed in purple. She's like, oh, of course I want them in purple. And the store owner was like, oh, God, thank you so much. I love customers like you. Everybody just wants black. <laughs> So interestingly enough, the topic of the day for us is not shoes, it turns out, but it is adulthood. Really? Because I have a whole thing prepared for that. Oh, really? But wait, before we actually move on, there's one more update that I want to give you about my life, very specifically me. Mm -hmm. And that is that Ben and Jerry's have revealed a Bernie Sanders ice cream flavor. It's called Bernie's Yearning. To me, it's amazing. It makes me so happy. Snore. (laughs) You have to get over your man crush. You have a girlfriend. You got to move on. Bernie Sanders is so cool. You know, I was I was watching uh, Obama's uh, YouTube interview that he just did, and uh, really appreciating him. I, I really I really feel like he's been a, a good president, one one that I wouldn't have expected America to have. I, I don't know how cool Bernie Sanders is, but I think they're they're doing pretty good right now. <laughs> he's definitely, in terms of quality, a surprising follow up to Bush. <laughs> but then again, I think anyone would be. Yeah, I, I think a wind up toy would be a, a good follow up to Bush. <laughs> It's like, yeah, didn't start any wars. That's pretty awesome. Okay, now you're ready to move on, punk? (laughs) Yeah, we can move on. All right, so our topic of the day is adulthood, and uh, we have some questions we'd like to ask each other. Corin, I am going to start off and ask you, are you an adult? Oh, okay, we always keep writing the same questions. It's okay, I've got a bunch of them. I was hoping that I would ask you this so I didn't have to answer it. Ah. I'll be I'll be fair to you and answer it as well. Okay. Do you want to go first? No. <laughs> um, adult kind of reminds me of the term family in a sense that there's no real definition for it. I would say I'm an adult just because I'm over 18. But do I feel like an adult? Some days yes, some days no. Like I go and I work in an office, but then I come home and I eat, you know, microwave dinners. So if adults didn't eat microwave dinners, then there would be a lot of very hungry adults, <laughs> especially in the USA. Fair, fair. I, I used to I used to think about adulthood. You know, when I was younger, I would be like, oh, well, when I when I hit 18, then I'll be an adult. You know, I hit 18 and I didn't feel any different. I was like, well, when I have a job, when I'm like actually working, I'll, then I'll be an adult. And then I was working in the army. Uh, and I was like, well, maybe when I'm actually getting paid, that's when I'm an adult. And then, you know, maybe when I'm married, that's when I'll be an adult. Maybe when I have kids. And then at some point I realized I was being kind of ridiculous. <laughs> What it means to me now, I feel like it's about responsibility. It's about really just accepting responsibility for yourself and your life in, in a big sort of way, which is something you can do at, at a lot of ages. You know, you can do it as young as your teens or, or much older or never. But I feel like that's that's kind of the moment of adulthood for me when you, you decide that you have to like actually take care of things and things are your responsibility and your fault. It's a fair definition. I like that. So by that definition, I would consider myself an adult. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're an adult. It would be kind of weird to be doing this podcast with a kid. <laughs> I have an apartment. I, I pay my bills. That's pretty good. L- let me ask you this one. Tamir, what is the suckiest part of being an adult? I think one of the things that I like the least is taxes. From an objective point of view, because I can't seem to get them done. <laughs> it really, it's, it's such a pain in the neck for me. I, I, I do like most other things about adulthood. Adulthood's been, been treating me pretty well, but the freaking tax. I think the suckiest part of adulthood is having to really plan for the future. 
right? Because there's like stuff you want to do and then stuff you probably should do. And those are not always in line with each other. Right. But I, I don't know. I've always kind of liked thinking about the future. So many possibilities, so many things. It's true that, that there are some things that aren't so fun to plan for, but I don't know. I've always felt optimism when like planning large future things. Yeah, but at the same time, there's things you want to do, like go on a three-month-long backpacking trip in the Balkans. But then you're like, if, but if I'm doing that, then, you know, money and I'm not moving forward in my career or whatever. Like, there's all kinds of... Yeah, but I think you're looking at this the wrong way, because this three-month trip to the Balkans is something that you can plan when you're an adult. And yeah, it'll be kind of annoying and not so easy, but you'll do it, maybe. Whereas you don't do that as a kid, you know? You don't generally go and do big, crazy trips and stuff like that when you're a kid. So, I don't know. Yeah, but when you're a kid, you don't have to worry about making responsible decisions about your future because other people are doing that for you. Yeah, all right. That's a good answer, I guess. Uh, you know what? I'm going to follow up your question okay. and ask you, what's the best part of adulthood for you? Voting's pretty cool. Being part of, of a democratic process. All right, that's pretty sweet. Uh, I, I mean, I, I try to do things that impact the area around me in positive ways. I'm active in an Israeli-Palestinian music organization that, that empowers youth, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, through music, which is amazing, and I'm, I feel like I'm actually contributing something, albeit very small, to the situation here and sort of bringing understanding. And, and I know that there are certain people who go there, including me, who it just means so, so much for. So, so doing that, to me, is really impactful. And that's not something that you so much to do as a kid, you know, mm -hmm. that you don't get to really uh, impact the situation around you in, in any kind of way. That is pretty awesome. I, I, I like that answer a lot. I was thinking of much smaller things. Like what? Oh, I don't know. Like, just, just the freedom of being an adult is really sweet. Because you, you have the responsibilities, you also get to make sometimes fun decisions. Like, I'm going to stay up late and pay for it tomorrow, but, but I, you know, I'm doing that. Nobody's going to tell me no. Right. Also, I guess something that I've enjoyed that I can only do in as, as an adult is buying just a tub of ice cream and going to town on it. It's not something you can do as a kid. <laughs> and very fun. Yeah. Okay. What's something you wish you had been told about adulthood? Well, I guess that depends when in my life, because at different points in my life, I had different ideas of adulthood and what it was I was expecting. But I think maybe uh, two major things that I wish I had been told at different points was one that adults don't have all the answers. Because when I was young and I, you know, I sort of looked up at adults and was like, they know what's going on. <laughs> they, they understand shit. That, that's where I want to be. And I like really wanted to grow up fast, you know, and I was, I was I've, I've been told that I'm a kid who acted like an adult. You were. So I, I just, I wanted, I wanted to be that. I wanted to have the answers and be confident with the way things are and, and know what will happen. And it doesn't work that way. So I sort of wish I would have known that. The second thing, a little, a little later when I was in my teenage years, things were rough for me. And I would have appreciated knowing that things get a lot better in adulthood. A lot of teenage problems go away. Less teenage drama. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I had a friend over earlier and I was talking to her about the podcast. We were going over the questions I was going to ask. And when I wrote the question of something you wish you had known about adulthood, it was actually... That was my, the, your first answer was my answer of um, that adults don't know everything. And that's also, I think, one of the suckiest parts about being an adult is really re realizing that you have so few answers and that situations are much more gray than they are black and white, which makes the world a complicated place. Uh, and it's not just, you know, good guys and bad guys. So uh, that's, that's a hard thing about being an adult. And I, I feel like I'm always... I try not to cement myself into any kind of one specific worldview because 
I think things are really complicated. And if you're not adapting to new information that you get, then you're not really being honest with yourself. Okay, so again, I would like to lead from something you said into my next question. Okay. Um, as an adult, uh, what do you, how do you think about your influence on children, both in how they think about adulthood and also maybe as a role model? Like if when you interact with children, do you act any differently than you would otherwise? Well, as you know, I, uh, I have about 100 children just come to my front yard every morning and I preach right, at them. Right. So I really shape their worldview in that way. Uh, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that I have such a huge influence on children. I don't know. I don't, I don't interact with kids that much. Uh, but when I do, I think something that adults often forget that I felt very much as a child is that kids are much smarter than you give them credit for. I remember being little. Sometimes people would actually talk about me as though I was not in the room. Like, because adults just assume, like, oh, he's just a kid who doesn't understand what we're talking about. I understood everything. And, and I hated the way people talk to me also. Because people, adults talk down to kids. And it's so frustrating. Maybe it was just me. I don't know. But, but for me, I, I was understanding everything perfectly fine. And I, I really felt, it was just felt so patronizing. Like, they expected me to be at a whole lower level of intelligence. One thing that I really liked was when I was nine, I was in this student film that nothing ever happened with. But uh, the guy who was making the film was in his 20s, and he always talked to me like like I was a person. He never spoke down to me, even though I was nine and he was like in his 20s. That always felt so nice to me. It felt like I was just having a conversation with the person as opposed to being talked down to. So I always try to speak normally to kids not as though they're this inferior being that can't understand their surroundings. So it's not really answering your question because I don't, I don't think I do really have much of an impact on kids in shaping their worldview, but, I, but when I do talk to kids, I try to speak to them like humans. Um, I think that is actually a reasonable answer to the question. And I also, when I, when I speak to kids, try to treat them somewhat as equals. It is something which, like you, I find to be important. But sometimes I think to myself, like, it's kind of easy for me when I, when I meet a kid to speak to them that way. But I think as a parent, it would be much harder. Like, if I gave, not, not personally gave birth to, but, you know, if I had a kid <laughs> uh, and, and this kid grew up and I saw them from a very young stage when they were completely incapable of anything, you know, and totally dependent on me, it's, it's hard for you, it would be hard for me to maybe change my mind, my view of them you know, and see them as people who are equal to me in some way or I can speak to at a high level because I'm used to seeing them at such a lower level. And even if that's the best way to speak to kids, I can imagine it would be hard for me to do it as a parent, even though it is something that I try to do now. Yeah, that's a fair point. Also, what I think something that our mom did, she, she has told me about this a lot, is when our oldest brother was a baby, she wasn't working at the time and she would basically just hang out with him all day and she never, like, baby talked to him. She always talked to him normally. And his vocabulary by the age of, like, two was insane. He was speaking more eloquently than most adults were. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm also not a, a very big fan of baby talk. Okay, Tamir. If you could, would you rather stay a kid or be an adult? Definitely, definitely be an adult. My life has improved so much since I became an adult. I am so much happier. Is it the ice cream thing? It is not the ice cream thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. Things are, are less crazy and people are nicer. And I don't know. I'm just happier. I'm also uh, married, which is a really big deal uh, for me yeah. in my life. And yeah, I don't know. And, and being taken seriously also because I'm an adult. My life is just a lot better now than it's ever been. And I'd like to keep it that way. So don't make me a kid again, please. It's <laughs> a fair point. Yeah. Um, I have only one more question. Yeah, that would, those were like, well, I had more, I had questions, but you took most of them. So I'm out of questions. I regret nothing. <laughs> uh, as an actor, your, your roles uh, change as you grow, the roles that you can, that you can play. Yeah. As an adult or as your age currently, are there any roles that you're excited about or things that in the future might open up to you that you're excited about? Um, I am really spoiled because I got all my dream roles in, I'm in theater. I do theater. Uh, I got all my dream roles in the last year, literally all of them. Uh, so there's nothing specific that I'm looking forward to, but definitely the roles that you get as an adult are far, far better than anything you would get as a kid. I got to play the, in this last year, I got to play Mark in Rent, which was, it's my absolute favorite role in my absolute favorite show. I love it. It's always been my dream to play Mark and I got to do that, which was amazing. It was so much fun and, and I can't thank the people who were involved with that enough. Um, then a few months ago, I got to play Gabe in Next to Normal, which was a very challenging role and something that I really wanted to do to prove to myself that I could pull it off because the character is just so different than who I am as a person. And until that point, I've been doing theater since I was 11 and I've only ever really played characters that are somewhat similar to me. You know, there's like, not, not me, but it's not a far stretch from who I am as a person. And this character, Gabe, is just a, like the polar opposite of me. And so knowing that I could play that was a big deal for me. Uh, and I really, really wanted to do it. And I, I really challenged myself. I got really obsessed with mannerisms and how I hold myself and how I move. Uh, and I think that also as an actor, that was just really good for me to do as an exercise. I think that made me a better actor. Um, and now... Now I'm playing Moritz, who's also one of my dream roles in Spring Awakening, which is, funnily enough, actually, he's supposed to be like 14, but it's a role that you can only play as an adult because of the contents of the show. It's always played by, by adults, because bad things happen in the show. A lot of bad things also happen to this character specifically. No spoilers, no spoilers. No spoilers, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> uh, I've already seen the show, but... Uh... You know, somebody listening might not might not have. Uh, and what I'm getting from this also is that uh, you need new dreams. <laughs> I'm fresh out of dreams. You got all your dream parts, so, so you have to start uh, moving on and dreaming up new things. Well, I have I have dreams, just not just not very specific ones. I'm very happy for you, anyway. Thank you. All right, so I think we've exhausted all our questions. I think now is the right time to move on to. Our famous segment, Still Happening, the segment that answers the question, is that still happening? I'm glad you do that part, because I can't do the voice you do. <laughs> is that still happening? Okay, so, Russia is still occupying Crimea. That is definitely still a thing that has not stopped since it began. And probably is going to continue for another while. Probably, yeah. It's one of those things where no one likes it. Uh, but because of the balance of the superpowers of the world, it's just, 
as much as it sucks, I feel like it doesn't really make sense for anyone to get involved because it could trigger World War Three. No, I, I don't think you're right in saying that nobody's happy with it. I think I think Putin's doing pretty all right with it. Putin's happy with it. But I think yeah. Putin's happy with a lot of things that most of the world isn't happy about. Possibly, yeah. Um, the TV show Arthur is still happening. It's still running. Wait, are you serious? I am serious. Like new episodes? Yep. Who? Really? <laughs> yep, it's been running for like 20 years. That's amazing. No, I had no idea before like yesterday. Wow. Um, North Korea still has nuclear weapons. Yeah. It has not destroyed them or launched them, so yes, it still has them. Uh, it sucks. But also, I mean, even in, like, the hands of crazy dictators, I still don't feel that much threatened by anyone having nuclear weapons, because as long as, like, the big superpowers also have them, no one, like, as long as other countries have them, no one's actually going to fire them, hopefully. Because, again, that would start a huge war, and that's not in anyone's interest. Like, especially not the person who is in power that would have started it, because he's going to get overthrown, and he doesn't want that. I, I'm, I'm more concerned by the fact that North Korea still exists in yeah. the state that it is. The totalitarian country that it is, and with the work camps that they have there, are, are awful. And it is amazing that it's still happening, and that the world has not interceded in some way. But again, that's one of the things that's kind of hard for anyone to get involved with, also because of how closed off it is. But and because of the nuclear weapons. Also because of the nuclear weapons. I don't know. I just, I just feel like history is going to look back at the world and say, how did the world not do something about North Korea? Everybody knew. Everybody did know. Yeah, it's pretty awful. It's, it's definitely one of the worst things happening right now. But we know so little about it, too. Like We have very small snippets of information of what goes on there. Um, I, I did... Uh, I have read a book recently about uh, someone who escaped from one of the work camps. I'm, I'm forgetting its name. I think uh, Escaped from Camp 13 or something like that, which I highly recommend. It was quite chilling. You got another still happening? I have several. Um, but it's actually Escaped from Camp 14. Just double click. So, totally different title. <laughs> uh, the U.S. still uses the imperial system. Ugh. Yes. Along with its good friends... Uh, Myanmar and Liberia. <laughs> it is pretty ridiculous and kind of a laughing stock in the world, and yet it continues to happen. There are not a lot of things that you could use to group those three together. <laughs> um, the problem, I mean, the problem with it is basically that it's hard to just change your measurement system. It is. You know, I don't think that's a thing you can just do. No, you're right, and uh, it is hard, and it is also no excuse, because every other fucking country has done it. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. It is, it's a really terrible system of measurement. Yeah. Not still happening, the Ebola epidemic, according to the World Health Organization, the Ebola epidemic is officially over, which is great news for people who enjoy not dying. There are still places in the world where women will get punished for being raped. Yeah which is just something that we have to have like a moment of silence for or something because that is, is beyond ridiculous that anyone could even think that. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it at all. But more than that, there's so much in culture, even in Western countries, that's so wrong just in terms of people not understanding what consent means. Most people don't even realize. I am willing to put a substantial amount of money on the fact that almost every woman that 
anyone really, you, me, anyone listening knows, has experienced some form of sexual harassment. For sure. And that is insane. That is so unacceptable. That that is still happening is one of the most frustrating things that I can think of, and it makes me so angry. Uh, Yeah, it's really, really, really bad. And there has been efforts to to make more of a conversation about it in in a lot of the new media uh, and some of the old. And uh, I hope that goes somewhere. You know, there's a lot of opinions changing in the world now. I hope that I hope people understand sexism and consent and things like that a bit better. Yeah, I mean, it seems like on a macro level, the world is becoming more socially liberal. Slowly, but it feels like that is happening. I mean, if you look at 20 years ago even versus now. So that is a good thing. And hopefully that'll keep happening and and hopefully progress even faster. Um, There is still an armed militia in Oregon occupying federal land. That's still happening? That is still happening. It's just crazy. And the fact that no no one's really doing anything about it. They're just camped out in, like, this wildlife reserve. And the government's just just kind of sitting and saying, yeah, you know, whatever. Like, it's such a big deal that there is an armed militia occupying federal land in the U.S. That's crazy. That should not be happening. It's pretty insane, yeah. And there isn't any kind of really big reaction to it that being like, hey, stop. (laughs) Yeah, I will admit to not following that very closely. So Uh, it it does seem kind of crazy to me that it's still happening. And I feel like if if the, the armed militia were black, for instance, this would have gone down a lot differently. Definitely. Still happening. The human race, yeah. despite all odds of, you know, destruction of one means or another, we're still, we're still around. It's pretty sweet. I'm in favor of the human race still happening. I think that's a good thing as a whole. Yeah, at least for the time being. Still happening. I just read about this recently. There is this train in Japan that is running and only one passenger takes it. This schoolgirl. <laughs> that's amazing. Basically, it stops there to pick her up and then to take her back home. And it's going to stop running around the same time she graduates. I don't know if they made that decision specifically because of her. It could just be that, you know, that's when they were planning to stop it. So It's very strange. Do you know what it's called or where it is? The Kiyoshirataki train station on the island of Hokkaido, Japan. I'm probably mispronouncing everything here. That's all right. It's, that's pretty... Pretty strange. I wonder what the story behind yeah, that is. So weird. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we still uh, do not know why we sleep. With all of the scientific progress that we've had in the past couple hundred years and stuff, we still can't figure out something so very basic about all animal life in the world. We, we don't know why sleep happens. Hmm. I mean, I enjoy sleeping. I, I do too. It's cool. There are so many things we don't understand about just so just in general. There are so many things we don't understand. Like the human brain is still mostly a mystery to us. And the universe is freakishly complicated and we don't know so much about it. Well, we figure these things out piece by piece, you know, one step at a time. This part of the brain does this. This controls that. We know tons more about the brain now than we did 50 years ago. Oh, for sure. But we still know so little that's that is true that is true of of the possible knowledge that exists in the universe we have perhaps a grain yeah 
I was talking to someone recently who was saying that science sort of takes out the wonder in things. And I so wholeheartedly disagreed because I think we can never get to the point where we know everything. And the more you know, the more you realize there's so much more to know. The more you study the universe, you realize that it's infinite and it's expanding. That's mind-blowing. And there's so much more humanity will never understand in its existence. That, I think, to say that it takes the wonder out of things around you is ridiculous. No, I, I agree. Just learning about all of the patterns underlying things, all of the math that makes things work is, is amazing to me and, and wonderful. And so much more wonderful than just looking about something and thinking, hmm, I wonder why and how. And that's kind of cool. But knowing it on a deeper level is ever so much more cool. I think the difference between looking at a tree and just seeing one thing that is a tree and looking at a tree and knowing that there are incomprehensible number of molecules making up that tree that are all just in the right place doing the right thing. That's, that's, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to confessions, where uh, Corin and I will confess something to each other. And Corin, I have something I would like to confess to you. I can't, for the life of me, spell the word bureau. Bureau, that's a hard word. I have a few words like that that I can't spell. Nauseous. I have very few of them. And really, my wife, she asks me to spell her things all the time. And I, you know, without blinking an eye, I, I, I can spell almost anything to her. But bureau, I, I just can't get it right. Can't. Yeah, I've always been good at spelling. I mean, our dad was an English teacher, so I think we, we're very good at these kinds of things. But there are definitely a few words that I can never remember. My first confession is a little bit of a serious one. Uh, and it's that after the last podcast, I realized that I'm kind of a little bit bitter about my childhood. Because when I was growing up, I was sort of the only kid. And I didn't have you guys, like the three other siblings, growing up with me. I felt very isolated because of that, and I think that's why I I felt very alone kind of growing up, because you guys were all off doing your own thing, and I was still just being a kid, and I didn't really have anyone to share that experience with. I'm very sad to hear that. Uh, in fact, it's kind of strange, because when I think about my childhood and about being a kid, I mostly think about you, and, and not about my older sibling. Hmm. And I think of, of things that we used to do uh, together and time that we spent together. So it's funny that you felt that you didn't have any of that with us. And, and I felt like I had it with you. Well, it's easier to feel going down in age than going up in age. Because when you're younger, you always feel like the older people are so much older. Like you were always so much smarter and older than me that I felt that you were on your own league, you know? Right, I guess so. I mean, I guess that's sort of how I felt about our older brother, which is why maybe I uh, was more more inclined to hang out with you. Um, I'm I'm really sorry you feel that way, though. It's okay. <laughs> I uh, I'm okay now. <laughs> it's just that I mean, it wasn't it wasn't such an awful experience. It was just that specifically in our family dynamic, I felt very isolated for a long time until I got until I was like 15 and I was old enough to really have conversations with you guys. All right. I confess that I did not think we would make it through the second episode of this podcast. Wow. In fact, I did not think we would do this podcast at all. <laughs> when you suggested it, I thought it was just one of those ideas that comes and goes. 
And I wasn't going to like put too much effort into it. I was like, all right, you know, probably he's going to forget about it in a couple minutes. And then I realized you were serious and, and, you know, and I wanted to do it too, but I really didn't think that this would actually happen and it's happening. So thank you, Corin. And now we have a theme song. We have a theme song. How cool are we? We're awesome. We're so cool. (laughs) I have a bit of a man crush on your prime minister, Justin Trudeau. That is my confession. It is maybe a a fraction of the size of your man crush on Bernie Sanders. Oh, for sure. But first of all, okay, Justin Trudeau is a fairly good looking guy. Yes, he is. That's, That's number one. But more than that, he's been in office for a very little amount of time and he's done some really cool things already. Like he composed his cabinet of 50% women. His cabinet has a lot of minorities on it. The people who are ministers have an actual background in the things that they are ministers for. And when he was first announcing the cabinet, one of the reporters asked him, why is it that your cabinet is composed of 50% women? And he looked at her and he just went, because it's 2015. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is pretty awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to to the things we're going to see from Justin Trudeau. There have uh, been other cool things that he's managed to do so far, uh, like uh, launch an inquiry into uh, the missing First Nations women. That is a problem that's been going on for a long time and nobody has been properly addressing it. But uh, I also have to admit that I'm not. I haven't been keeping too much in touch with uh, with politics here. I've been sort of busy living my life, which is a bad thing, and I definitely should be paying more attention to politics. But he seems he seems decent so far, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else he has in store. Yeah. Okay. So I have a bit of an embarrassing confession. Okay. Until a pretty late age, I, uh, I believed in telepathy, like, until I was, like, 20 or so. Wow. Yeah. That is... Not something I would have expected of you. I know, I know. It, uh, I'm kind of ashamed to even say it. I like... No, it's fine. I like thought that people could, you know, had this innate ability to read each other's minds that was sort of like latent and that people didn't know that they had it. You know, I, I think it comes from from having like experiences and not knowing how to explain them and then making up ridiculous explanations, which is probably how religion came about in the first place. You know, just because you don't, you don't know how to how to explain things. You're like, oh yeah, there was probably like a god and something. But uh, yeah, this is a particularly silly explanation for things. So. Uh... Well, I don't think it's totally insane because there are things. I mean, it's not really telepathy, but you know, there's a lot you could non-verbally and seemingly magically understand about people just from communicating with them by their body language, by their eyes. Sometimes there's things that you understand that you seemingly couldn't have known because they didn't tell you, but you can pick up on these things in small ways, and in a way, that's that's like kind of telepathy. I'm pretty sure that's where it came from uh, originally, my, my opinion. Um, I have a last confession. Okay. Which is that I really don't know coffee. I like coffee, but I don't know like all the different coffees. There are so many coffees, and I don't know what each one is. Like... <laughs> I know cappuccino and espresso. I know like very basic ones, but there's just, I feel like there's so many things. Like when you go to a coffee shop, there's like this huge, enormous menu with things that I've never even heard of. And uh, I just don't even know where to start with that. Uh, I am right there with you. I generally avoid the problem by never buying coffee at a coffee shop. (laughs) I'll make like instant coffee for myself and that's great. I like it. Um, But but when I've tried... Uh, buying coffee at a coffee shop, it's it's ended up badly. 
I think the first time I went to a coffee shop, I like ordered an espresso and didn't know what it was and was kind of surprised. Um, I've totally done that. Yeah. But, you know, the good thing is coffee that you buy out is generally overpriced anyway, so it's not a bad thing to avoid. What I don't understand is where do people get this vast knowledge of coffee from? Like the people who go to coffee shops and they know what absolutely everything on the menu is, when did they have time to learn this? Is there like a coffee class that I'm not aware about where they teach you what all the things are? Can I go to it? Is it free? <laughs> so many questions. Right. Maybe just uh, grab a friend who likes coffee and uh, have them drag you through a shop. I guess. All right. Think I should. Uh, think we should wrap it up. Do you have one last confession? I do not. Okay. Oh, wait, I do. I do actually. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I forgot about it. Do you do you have like a huge stack of papers that you can't find where this is written? <laughs> I am very I'm very neat. Okay. I've been growing out my hair recently ever since I got out of the army. Uh, I just let my hair grow because I can. And I thought it would be kind of cool to have uh, have long hair, you know, at least like shoulder length or something like that. But I confess that I have no idea what to do with my hair. It like it it does things and it and it goes in places I don't want it to and and it looks silly all of the time. And I don't know how to deal with hair. Um, so I haven't seen your hair long in a very, very long time. But if I recall, so I have kind of this, I have wavy hair. I think you do too, but I think your hair is more straight than mine is. Like, does your hair, when it's a little bit longer, does it just sort of fall down or does it stick up? Uh, it basically just falls down except one part of my forehead where it sticks up. <laughs> I know, I hate that. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I mean, it could be, I am not the expert on this, but uh, it could be a matter of the right shampoo or conditioner or something. Like, I know I just switched to this different shampoo randomly because it was sitting in my apartment and my hair suddenly became very soft and like much more manageable. So, I don't know. Ask ask people who understand hair and or shampoo. Well, the only person I ever talked to is my wife and she has very curly hair, so not much. Uh... She has very curly hair. Yeah, I can't. I can't really properly uh, get advice from her. <laughs> it's great. I love when you're looking for her in a crowd. You just go, okay, where's the crazy hair? And then you immediately spot her. It's wonderful. Yeah, I love it. It's great. It's wonderful for you, and it's pretty awful for her because she's so recognizable. Everybody recognizes her, and then she winds up not recognizing people. So people come up to her and say, hi, how are you? And she just has no idea who they are. And it's just really awkward, and she hates that. But what are you going to do? All right, I think it's about time to wrap up. Thank you so much for listening to Long Distance Brotherhood. We're going to be here every other week. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions about the topic or anything else, uh, please send them to longdistancebrotherhood at gmail.com. So have a great week. And remember, when someone you don't really know asks how you're doing, tell them your deepest secret. Goodbye.